Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Wednesday, September 2nd. We are in September. Tim is on the phone. He's not in studio today. Tim, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Excited for another day of sports here. Finally into September. Football's back this month. Eight days. It's a good month. Eight days. Just over a week away from NFL kickoff on that Thursday night. Uh, pretty excited, man. Very excited, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. We need football back. We need more sports. I can't watch the Pirates lose anymore. Uh, but I'm just going to give them a quick shout-out here in the beginning. Ten-win team now. Look at them. Oh, <laughs> hold on to your Well, hands. you know, they're, they're moving up the ranks here. You never know. Make a playoff push. <laughs> I mean, double-digit wins. We can uh, we can take on the world now. But um, just a couple quick updates. Our AFC South predictions are now up on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you guys are going to check those out. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is at the issue podcast. No underscores or anything in the Twitter handle. So make sure you guys are going, commenting, letting us know your take and uh, how you think we did on that. Um, Tim, I know you got a story you want to start us out with. Yeah, well, um, I, I do. I do. Saw it on Instagram. Um, you know, ESPN did like a list thing because, you know, there's no football yet. Right. Um, you know, lists are fun to talk about, fun to dissect. Um, just fun to rip into, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, do I have one to rip into today? So, like I said, ESPN today, they list of the top, I think it's 100, but um, they just posted the top 10. I'm going to get into the rest of it. But, um, so they posted a top like 100 list voted on by 46 ESPN experts, right? Yeah. So these guys, like in general, they, they seem to be, voting like they're almost like general managers kind of um but anyway it's top 10 solid i don't really have that many problems with it. i mean you could i think ross is better is a way better quarterback than lamar and i, I think stefan gilmore is, is way too high but other than that i mean it's pretty good top 10 um it does affirm my love for deshaun watson clearly people are also you know sane and see what i see dude just a gamer winner baller you know and I wish Carson Wentz was on there, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but this list is just kind of all over the place. Um, I'm just going to say something factual here. There's something in this world called bias, right? Right. Whether it's whether it's recency bias or you know bigger names get bigger rankings, bigger brands. Um, if you're a higher draft pick, you're you're more likely to get better rankings. On um, public opinion, that's bias. Right. Um, so this list full of it, especially recency bias, right? Mm-hmm. So. I, I like Tyreek Hill as much as anyone. Good receiver, solid receiver. But in what world is Tyreek Hill better than Julio Jones? None. Which, I mean, seriously, apparently in this one, you know, apparently in, in ESPN's little fantasy land here, Tyreek Hill at 11 and Julio at 13. I mean, they're both top, like, three to five receivers. But come on. I mean, really, Julio's way better. Um, and like I said, bias, right? So bigger brand, bigger rankings. Dak Prescott. 
is ranked 20th. What? 20th? <sighs> yeah, you want to know guys Guys that are behind him? Yeah, I'd love to hear this. TJ Watt, TJ Watt, <laughs> Cam Jordan, Carson Wentz, um, Chandler Jones, oh, uh, Kirk Cousins, Vaughn Miller, Minka Fitzpatrick, Dalvin Cook. No. Quentin Nelson, even. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady. <laughs> JJ. Like, I mean, come on, really. Like, let's be real here. All right, so. And his own teammate, Ezekiel Elliott, is at 24. So, now I'm fine with it. Maybe you think, you know, Dak should be rated high. Wherever you think Dak should be, Zeke should be above, right? So, let's remember back when Dallas... They went three or uh, thirteen and three in, in, in Dak's rookie year. They come back the next year. Zeke gets hurt. Dak falls apart. Dak couldn't make a throw. Dak couldn't be accurate. Dak couldn't be consistent. No. And everyone, everyone said, "Oh man, we need Zeke. <laughs> we need Zeke because without Zeke, we got nothing." Mm-hmm. And so to say, to sit here and say that Dak Prescott is a better player than Ezekiel Elliott, you got to be out of your mind. Dak yeah. Prescott's not even a top seven quarterback and you have him in the top 20 of the whole league you could argue that oh my god you could argue not even a top 10 quarterback with that i agree i agree and then i mean you look at guys who were behind him who are much were much more forceful and impact impactful in the games like cam jordan and tj watt um all right so now now we get to the to my to my big part here carson wentz so you love Carson Wentz. He's your he's your top three he, quarterback. He is. He's at thirty nine here, right? Okay. So I'm happy to see that he's finally getting some respect, right? Because the one that the NFL players voted on, he was like very low or wasn't even on or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's finally getting some respect in that regard. But just just let me read some of the guys who are quote unquote better than Carson Wentz, right? Okay. JJ Watt. I'll start with Jet. I'll start with JJ Watt. I like JJ Watt. But he's played in the last three years less than half the games. Yeah, so in three calendar years, he's not even had a year and a half of playtime. Yeah. Carson Wentz, who is quote-unquote injury-prone, that's why people knock him, he's injury-prone, right? Yep. Has been mostly healthy besides that one year. That The one year, that's it. But you're going to put a guy like J.J. Watt who's been continuously him, injured yeah. above him. That is absolutely It doesn't make brilliant. any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. And does anyone else see that, you know? J.J. Watt like, came back for like two games of the playoffs. Carson Wentz the entire year carried nobody. Come on now. Um, I'll go continuing on, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan. He's good. He's going to get Hall of Fame votes 100%, right? Yeah. But realistically, you get one drive to go down the field. Who are you taking? You're taking Carson Wentz. 100%. You're taking the stronger arm, bigger body, more athletic, younger Be- quarterback. Better with his feet. I'm taking Carson Wentz. All day on that, right? Okay, let's go down the line here. Tom Brady. Now, I like Brady, and obviously Brady, better all-time quarterback, right? And he's pretty But last year, no. I mean, last year, simply not. So if you're going on last year, no, Carson Wentz is better. If you're going into this year, I'm still taking Carson Wentz. I'll take a younger, more athletic, stronger arm, bigger quarterback, Carson Wentz. Brady averaged only 7.1 air yards per attempt last year. Which means he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. He wasn't pushing the ball. He Carson Wentz is closer to ten. He's, he's just not as good of a quarterback. And with Carson Wentz, you also get a guy that is on his incline while Brady's declining. So 
I 100% agree, right? So um, continuing on, Chandler Jones. I mentioned him earlier. I like Chandler Jones. He's a top five pass rusher. But seriously, who's a better football player right now? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz carried a practice squad to the playoffs. That's true. And Chandler Jones' team went 5-11. and 11. All right, seriously. Like, who's more impactful? Obviously, Carson Wentz. Yeah. And now we get to where it all ends up. Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm not going to keep reading these stats, people. Eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, 84% completion percentage, <laughs> one in six against playoff teams last year. <laughs> can, can we please stop pretending that Dak is good? Can we, can we stop, right? They were an eight and eight football team with an all-star team. They had two Pro Bowl level receivers, Michael Gallup and uh, Amari Cooper last year, statistically speaking. They're going to have three this year with those two. And you had C.D. Lamb. If he's everything he's cracked up to be, they'll have three Pro Bowl level receivers. Okay, sweet. So then, oh, moving on. Oh, you, oh, you have two, you two Pro Bowl pass rushers last year. Well, last year they did. They had uh, Demarcus Lawrence and, and Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn's gone, but he was a former Pro Bowler. They had two Pro Bowl pass rushers, right? Mm-hmm. A Pro Bowl DB and Byron Jones. Yep. Two really young, really good, fast linebackers. Yep. And uh, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, and an all-time great offensive line, one of the best we've ever seen. And a running back who Zeke, if he keeps up his pace, is easily going to get Hall of Fame votes. And he went 8-8. Eight eight. Carson Wentz went into his old middle school, took all the, the people he used to play with that are now accountants and teachers and <laughs> and Dodgers and everything. He took them all, all beat up, haven't played in like 15 years, and walked them out and took them to a 9-7 and a playoff, a home playoff game. And if it wasn't for him getting hurt, trying to carry 52 other guys, he would have beat Russell Wilson in that in that playoff game at home. It was a close game. I mean, come on, people. It's it's not even about what number, what what number he is. I don't care if Carson Wentz is ninety nine, but Dak Prescott, sure, he he better be one hundred because there's no in no world is Dak Prescott better than Carson Wentz. No, and it's the fact that that, that Dak Prescott is in front of guys like Carson Wentz, Minka Fitzpatrick, Von Miller, Dalvin Cook. Quentin Nelson. I mean, really. I'll take Mink. I'll take Vaughn Miller. I'll take Dalvin Cook. I'll take Quentin Nelson. I'll take Carson Wentz. I'll take 30% of the league over Dak. I mean, come on. He's 20? No. No, he's not 20. He went 8-8. Eight eight. He didn't make the playoffs. You know who did make the playoffs? Kirk Cousins. You know what Kirk Cousins is rated? 82. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is rated 82. I can't even imagine it being real. I mean, seriously, do I need to keep reading his stats the last two years? 52 touchdowns, 16 picks, pass rating of 104. He won a road playoff game in the Superdome yeah. and made an insanely big throw to Adam Thielen down the seam on the last drive in, the, in overtime. Yeah. But Dak couldn't record a touchdown, not even a touchdown, in two games against the Pats and Eagles. In two must-win games, in eight quarters, two must-win games, Dak could not get a touchdown. Adam T, or not Adam T, well, he threw it at Adam T, but Kirk Cousins in one drive had to get one touchdown, and you know what he did? He got a touchdown, won the playoff game. Kirk Cousins, head and shoulders better than better than Dak Prescott. So is Carson Wentz. So is about everyone else on this list. I can't believe that he's rated 20th, and it takes all validity out of the list. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be in the head of an ESPN analyst, wonder what that must be like. Um I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the brand, like you said. Uh, he plays for 
Dallas and Dallas, uh, we're just going to be straight up here, gets catered to. Everybody caters to Dallas. I agree. It's almost like they're, they're too focused on the wrong stats. Yeah. Um, that's great that he threw for almost 5,000 or over 5,000. That's great, man. Awesome. They threw for 30, what, two touchdowns, something like that. That's good. But when he only threw for eight against playoff teams mm-hmm. and he completed 84% of his passes and it went one and six against playoff teams, I don't care what he did against the Dolphins in week three. Yep. That, you know, I don't, I don't care. It's about how you perform in front of good competition. I mean, you look at a guy, uh, the comparison to kind of draw here, Ian Book uh, playing for Notre Dame. Does great against the uh, the small little Ball State teams that they play and the Bowling Greens. Does great. What happens when he plays a Power Five conference team? Uh, he averages guys. He averages two picks a game versus Power Five competition. <laughs> That's kind of the same here. And and what Tim's getting at with uh, with Dak. Look, if you're not performing against the best competition in the league, there's no no sense on why you should be that high up. In a in a list like that, above the names like you're saying, above a Carson Wentz, above a Minka Fitzpatrick, it doesn't make sense. I I agree, and it's like okay, look at guys who used to put up big stats but didn't win. Look where they're at now. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler could throw the ball like no one else. Jay Cutler could throw the ball seventy yard downfield, standing, nothing, easy. He put up stats all the time. Yep. He didn't win. So you know where Jay Cutler's at now? Out of the league. Yeah, he's probably sitting on a couch right now, <laughs> not preparing for the season. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just that's just so bad that the list, and, and then even the Julio thing in the beginning—he's better than Hopkins. Come on, but who is that? Who's better than Hopkins? Julio Jones. See, I, that that's so close to call. I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins fan, so I don't know. I I don't mind um, Hopkins being above Julio, but I think if you went back like two, three, like three years when Julio was like really, really in his prime, I mean he's still in his prime, but when Julio was in the peak of his prime, I would take Julio. Oh, yeah. But right now, I think Hopkins is like just starting to get to that peak. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we've seen the best of DeAndre Hopkins yet. No, I don't think so either. But um, just to kind of shift gears now, I. I've been uh, I follow the SEC pretty close, uh, and I saw uh, this ranking of schedule difficulty uh, for the SEC this uh, coming football season. And uh, I'm I'm first of all ecstatic that they're playing uh, and that they have plans to play at least. Um, finally, a conference in college sports that did it right, um, unlike the Big Ten and the Pac-12. But we're gonna put that aside. So. Tim, do you want to take a guess here? Uh, this will be a little warm-up for his trivia. Guys, make sure you stick around for later in the episode. We have Tim's trivia coming up in the second segment to close out the show. But let's warm you up here, Tim. Who has the hardest schedule in the SEC this year? Um, Vanderbilt. No, but kind of close. Arkansas. All right. Okay, so like a nobody team. Yes. Okay. Here is the breakdown. This is from twenty four seven sports. They do a lot with recruiting, a lot of high school, a lot with high school kids being recruited, and and they follow them well. So it's a it's a trustworthy source. Okay. 
The hardest schedule under the absurd category is Arkansas. Okay. The tough category, next one down, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. You know I'm not hearing? Who? Any of the big names. Yep, just wait. This is this is my problem. Here's the average, average schedule. Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. That's the average. The light schedule ranking, Texas A&M, and the easy, Georgia, LSU, and Florida. Okay. Now, it just kind of gets to me a little bit when you look at this and you see, obviously, if I was to take the best five teams from the SEC right now, I'd take Georgia, I'd take LSU, I'd take Alabama, and I'd and Florida. I'd probably take either yeah, Florida or Auburn, probably. Georgia, LSU, Florida, Alabama, and Auburn. Those are my top five. Okay? So the only one of those five that even has a labeled tough schedule is Auburn. Yeah, that sounds about right. They, they, I feel like they always go out and schedule those tough games. You know, they got uh, Oregon last year. Um, I just feel like they, they always go out and get games, right. whereas Alabama never does. Right, and here's the thing. When this whole COVID thing hit, right, the, the schedules were being switched around, teams were being added, teams were being dropped. Do you know who they added to Alabama's schedule? Who they added? Kentucky and Missouri. Do you know? Do you know who they added to Arkansas's schedule? Who they had uh, their schedule? Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> this is Arkansas's schedule. Don't laugh too much. Starting off first week, Georgia, and then Mississippi State, and then Auburn, and then Ole Miss, and then Texas A and M. That's brutal. And then Tennessee, and then this is where they just this is where it all lose hope after Tennessee. They play Florida, then LSU, then Missouri, and then Alabama. <laughs> okay. Um, That's tough. Razorback fans, I'm sorry for you. Uh the SEC championship odds also came out today, too. Um they have Alabama in first at 42.1%. Uh, that's the odds of them winning. Georgia in second at 28.9%. LSU at 13.8%. Florida at 9.4%. Auburn at 4.4%. Texas A&M at 1.2%. And Kentucky at 0.1% odds of winning the championship. Everybody else has a 0.00%. Uh, chance at the SEC championship. So those are the top teams that they're that they're putting out there: Bama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Auburn, Texas A and M, and somehow Kentucky. But um, yeah, I mean, I saw this and I just about I, I I can't even understand how you can have a team like Georgia, LSU, the teams that are in it every single year, top top ten teams every single year, and they get the easiest schedules. So. That's uh that's my issue with the uh with the SEC uh football scheduling this year. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's definitely an issue. I think they need to balance it out. But uh news out of the SEC, Jamie Newman, transfer quarterback from Wake. Um, transferred to Georgia. He actually opted out of 
of the season to prepare for the NFL draft. Huh. That's big. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty big. He was um highly touted transfer um, out of Wake Forest. Everyone, I mean, he was in the he was in the top, I think, ten for Heisman um, Heisman odds. So yeah, that that's that's pretty big. Dang. Well, best of luck to him. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I don't even blame him at this point. I mean, if you're a top, if you if you think you could be a either day one or day two guy, just opt out. Just go. Just just worry about the draft. Yeah, just work on uh, work on the skills that they're going to see at the combine and the pro day. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's just about does it for our first segment here. Um, coming up later, we're going to get. Tim's ice cold take right out of the break. And then we're going to get some news to you guys. And then we're going to finish up with some trivia. And uh, I know you're excited for that. Uh, That's his favorite segment. If you couldn't tell, Uh, he loves to lose. So uh, we're going to wrap up this segment here. We will be back. Don't go anywhere. What up? We're back. It's segment two. And we have a loaded segment for you here. Um, we're going to get into Tim's Ice Cold Take first, and then we're going to get to the news and finish things off with trivia. So, Tim, uh, do I have you back? Yep, we are back and uh, ready for the Ice Cold Take. I'm just going to get right into it. Leonard Fournette, right? Yeah. Um, got released by the Jags. Everyone knows that. He was – he plays like um, – uh, he was playing, I don't know, I don't even know what video game, but he had his headset on or whatever. Like he was playing video games, and he was on um, like Instagram Live. Yeah. And uh, someone said something, why are they trading everyone? He said, uh, I don't know why they're trading everyone. He said, quote, I'm Tim Duncan of the Jags. Believe that, call me Tim from now on. And what he's saying is basically Tim Duncan was at the Spurs his whole career. So Leonard Fournette was basically saying, I'm here for, for the rest of it, you know. This was in March when uh, when the Jaguars traded Calais Campbell to the to the, to the Ravens for like a twelve pack of Diet Coke, right? Yeah. Um. So Fournette clearly thought he was gonna you know be there forever, and um, well, if you can't see the cold take coming, that's just I mean <laughs> he got he got um, released. So yeah, that's a pretty cold take because you know he actually got released. And he's not even close to the Tim Duncan of the Jags. No, yeah. Um. I wouldn't even call it close, even when he said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not even when he said it. He was only there for um, three years, and he was good. He was good, but um, not special. Uh, I mean, he's released now, and it still hasn't been signed. We'll get to we'll get to um, some news on teams who have interest in him. You, you'll be surprised. Um, but I don't think he was ever Tim Duncan. So I mean, nice try, Leonard. I appreciate the the loyalty. You know, of looking for loyalty and staying with your team and riding it out and really, really putting forth the effort, but it was just never going to happen. And, and uh, now I can finally call him on it. So, you know, Leonard Fournette, ice cold take, there you go. And uh, as I said, I'm going to mention some teams interested in him. Um, so we'll segue right into the news here. Yeah. The Patriots, the New England Patriots have expressed interest in Leonard Fournette. And wow, isn't everything just falling right in their lap? Yep. Just as we thought it was. So, I mean, I don't think that that really matters for this year. But let's let's just like paint let's paint a big picture here, right? Yep. Um, they get a top pick, right? So, say so they get one of the top three, one of the top three quarterbacks: Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. Um, I think Lawrence will be going to the Jags. Doesn't matter. I I, I think he's the first 
quarterback taken. Now that'll be within the first two picks. So if the Patriots don't get up to the first two picks, he'll be gone. But I think Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance will be there for them to take. So now let's look at the Patriots here. You get a nice segue. You got down year, experiment with a mobile quarterback like Cam, and then you get Trey Lance, who's also mobile, who's big, strong, fast, can throw the ball actually better than Cam, is a little bit more careful running the ball than Cam, makes better decisions than Cam. So, oh, wait, you get to experiment on a on an easier version of the guy you're going to draft next year. And then, oh, wait, a star running back. Who I know I, I kind of ripped on him there a little bit, saying he was never Tim Dunn, he was never that good. But he's still, it, it, when he was playing well, he's a top five running back. For sure. Um, and so now he just happens to be on the market with no market. No <laughs> one else wants him except the Patriots right now. So what if he falls in their lap? Bill Belichick does that magic thing that that gets him to want to opt out. Because look at all the other the Patriots that have opted out. They've had six, or no, they've had eight starters opt out. I don't think that's coincidence. No, I think I think it's almost a tank job. And so, what if he just happens to sign under Fournette and just happens to backload some money there, tells him to opt out this season, say, "Hey, there's bigger things next year," and then boom, you come back. You have Stephon Gilmore. You got Trey Lance, you got Leonard Fournette, you got at least pieces to build around. And you have a scary Patriots team again. Yeah, if Trey Lance is actually good, you do have a scary Patriots team to worry about, especially if behind that offensive line, if you could get Leonard Fournette running the football, I think that could be really, really, really good. He also, Um, if if you think about it this way, he takes a lot of pressure off of a rookie quarterback. He does. Having such a strong running back, plus... Their, their running back room right now is decent. Sonny Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, that's a decent running back room. You add Leonard Fournette, that automatically becomes a top three running back room. Yeah. If Leonard Fournette's your number one and Sonny Michelle and James White are your number two A and two B with Rex Burkhead as like a as like a if Rex Burkhead's your emergency option, you're in some good hands, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. I mean Um so I I really like what the Patriots are doing right now, although I hate the Patriots. Just because you know they always beat the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan, right? But it's hard to deny what they're doing right now. Um, it could be smart. I think in a year that's going to be kind of washed out. I think Bill Belichick's saying, you know what, guys, let's load up for next year. Let's worry about it. They have like 17 picks the next two years in the draft. Mm-hmm. They have like they have like they have almost 11. I think they have 10 or 11 picks next year. Yeah, I mean it's insane. So uh, it's it's definitely by design. Don't be even surprised if they trade up um to to get uh trevor lawrence or even if they want to secure justin field if they think he's better than trey lance but it's all you know it's all scouting at that point but they have a lot of picks they could move up they could move down they could they got they a lot of options right now i think that's what bill belichick wants in a year of uncertainty he wants options well, and he now has them it really comes down to power when you think about it and the patriots have a lot of draft power right now they have a lot of picks like you said coming up uh, they can either deal those picks or take either or, but they just it's a scary team because yeah, everybody kind of knows. Draft equity. Everybody knows what they're like, what they're trying to do, <laughs> what they're what they're attempting to go after. I think everybody has a pretty good idea, um, and we're not. I don't think wrong by say like this whole setup with uh, Fournette, but I mean. There's really no way to stop them at this point, you know. I mean, they have, they have the equity. They have, 
the pit. They had the everything. Money. They had the means. They had everything you need in order to to rebuild quickly. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of the long rebuilds that takes like three, four, or in Cleveland's case, like thirty-five years. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's something where they could easily pivot and within two years be back in the AFC Championship. Maybe not this year. Maybe not even next year. But you look up in twenty twenty two. And you tell me it might not be Chiefs Patriots. I'm telling you, it might be, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if it is. Yeah, unfortunately, because I'm kind of done with the Patriots. But yeah, moving on here, uh, Kirk Cousins, his whole mask situation. Did you see that? I did. Um, I I love it, and here's why: because the initial thing, the initial little clip here, this is what I hate when the media does this. This initial clip: if I die, I die. Kirk Cousins on COVID nineteen. Captioned, despite over 184,000 U.S. deaths, the Vikings QB isn't worried about the disease. Okay, okay. I just want to address one thing real quick, right? COVID-only related deaths is actually only almost 7,000. Um, 6% of that 184. So let me, let me get my calculator out here. Um, 0.06 times 184,000. Okay, I'm sorry. That's that's eleven thousand. So only eleven thousand of those people died from COVID and COVID alone. Yeah. Um, if you look at every single other person of that hundred eighty-four thousand, they had a severe underlying condition mm-hmm. that if COVID wouldn't have accelerated their death, they were on their way there. Yeah. Um, even some people found that underlying condition through COVID, but they would have had serious implications without it. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so basically, the media is trying to upplay what he says. Now you scroll down, you see another page here. They actually posted the entire quote. And here's why I love when the media does this, right? He says, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. If I get it, I'm going to ride it out. Survival to fit is kind of approach. You know, even if I die, I die. I have that kind of peace about that. See, I like what I like what he did here. It's um, He, he was on uh, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. It's a podcast on Spotify, really good podcast. I feel like I'm going to check it out. But anyway. Um, he says, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. Now, I like this because he's stating what he says, but also says, hey, man, everyone thinks different. If you think that masks are end-all, be-all, then you do you. I'll respect that. And I love it. I love it for Eric. I think he might get some blowback for it. I don't think he should. I think he's exactly right, and I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, he's already getting blowback for it, and I think he definitely will. Um, I 100% agree with him. Look, guys, I mean, even those 11,000 COVID deaths that were just just solely from COVID, um, a, a large, large percent of them were in the 65 and older community. Um, and not a professional athlete who's in peak physical condition. Right. So, and he also said that he will we- he will wear a mask to respect other people. So selflessly wearing a mask, not because he thinks it's going to protect him, but because he wants to protect other people just so he doesn't spread it. Love what Kirk Cousins is doing. And moving on, uh, Camara and the Saints. A uh, little, yeah. little disagreement there in uh, good old New Orleans. Yeah, actually, so today they clear it up. Um, he's expected to be back at practice tomorrow. He's expected to be in the game plan for week one. Um, and they're in talks about a deal right now. Uh, last report I saw, they're nearing a deal, but 
scared Saints fans and scared fantasy fans there for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, um he was he was it almost looked like it might be a holdout type of situation. Le'Veon Bell could have gotten <laughs> yeah, could have gotten ugly, but um looks like they're gonna get something done. And uh, it said that him and Sean Payton are on the same page and I think that's really important. Yep. Um, um so they they should be good. I have no real worries about them. Yeah. Um uh, Oh, and then and then one more news story. Another running back again. Kind of, kind of running back theme today here for the uh, for the news. Joe Mixon, four years, forty eight mil. Dang. Um, from the Bengals. I don't mind it. Um, I think it's a little high. They might have overpaid, but I mean, if you the Bengals are so lost right now that if you get talent, you might as well lock it up and worry about the money later. <laughs> right. you know, I don't think it's too high where it's like debilitating. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little high for my liking. I would have gone more like 45, but it's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal um, for both sides. Joe Mixon gets his money, and the Bengals have, I guess, some hope to build around here, um, him and Joe Burrow. So they got they got a decent foundation, and I I can't fault them for signing him. You know, they drafted him. They developed him. It's just what you do. You sign him. Right. He turned out to be what you want him to be or better, which I think he's even been better. You sign him. Who was the, and so it's good that they signed him. Who was it the other day that we were talking about? Um, they, the Jets. The Jets, yeah. The, they drafted Jamal Adams, right? So the Jets yeah. say, hmm, what does our team need? Oh, well, clearly we have a hold safety. Let's draft a safety to make our team better, right? <laughs> and then the safety turned out to be everything you want him to be. <laughs> and actually better. He ends up being like a top 10 defender league-wide. Yeah. And then you're like, actually, no, yeah, no, um, sorry, yeah, sorry, no. We're going to so deal him. <laughs> you actually just drafted him for a reason. Like, yeah. this is what you do. You sign him. Yep. Uh, well, you know. Tim, uh, we have You know your, what time it is. Yeah, we have your uh, favorite segment coming up. You want to lead us in or do you want me to lead us in? <laughs> Nope, go ahead. Trivia. It is time for Tim's Trivia. Um, we got to get a Bruce Buffer or something going there. Like, it we do. is time. Yeah, we, you know? Or, or, yeah, I mean, I could try to do see something. Could, I could try to see if I could fact. find that on YouTube here. I, I'd try to we do something. We got to get fact. ourselves a little Bruce Buffer. It, you know, it's, it's, it's time. Yeah. I mean, that's, are you looking for it now? I, I, well, I'm looking for it now. How much time we have left in the, uh, in the segment here? Uh, just about. 17 minutes. Oh, we're good. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. All right. All right. All right. Here's for the, the, the Khabib and uh, Conor McGregor fight. Oh, all these stupid ads. No one cares. Well, what ad you got there? Is it Geico? I get Geico all the time. Oh, I was one of those interactive ones. Can you hear it? Yeah. See. Let's get to it. Come on, Bruce. Her game great official, by the way. Thing, 
the Bruce Buffer X Time call might be one of the best. It's just so good. We're going to have to get a clip of that or something and upload it and uh, yeah. get that in there for before our trivia segment because that just got me in the mood and I'm ready to um to whip you in it. Yeah, all right. Well, hold on. Let me make a quick note of that. I'm going to get Bruce Buffer intro. Um, I'm going to try to see what I could do with that. Um, we'll have to find one better, better, a little bit better quality and then snip it down so we get just the it's time part. But, all um, right. God, he's just such a classic. I can listen to that man talk all day. Oh, he has one of the best voices in uh, in entertainment in the entire oh, industry. Oh, easily. Can you imagine making that much money and being that famous off your voice? Oh, I wish. Hey, we're trying, man. So. Well, I mean, we're working on it, but dude, he is. I mean, we will never get through it. No, he is insane. No. You know? That guy is, yeah, absolutely insane. But without any further ado, we're going to get to Tim's trivia. And today we're comparing wide receivers, um, more specifically Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Antonio Brown, and Tyreek Hill. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, when you look at receivers, Tim, what is your favorite stat to look at, man? I hear yards per catch. And um, that's what we're going to be looking at. You, when you get the ball in your hands, where, where are you going with it? How far are you getting? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's important. I mean, touchdowns are big, obviously. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Julio Jones, he's going to be an all-time great. There's some seasons where he has, like, three, four touchdowns. Right? Yeah, right. Um, but I'm worried about when you catch the ball, how far are you getting? Mm-hmm. So, how explosive are you? So, okay, go ahead. I've come up with a bit of a scenario for this. Um, let's say, right, first down doesn't go as planned. You lose a yard on the run. Okay, it's first and 11, or second and 11, my bad. Second and 11, okay. Now you you get a little swing pass to the outside or maybe a a screen of some sort, and now now you're looking up, uh uh-oh, it's third and eight, third and eight, third and nine, third and long in general, okay? Okay. Which one of these four receivers do you want to be out on that, to be out and lined up, for your team to to get you that first down on, on third and long. Okay. So let's go over the like Michael Thomas first. All right. His okay. average yards per catch in 2019. Was it A 12.3 yards? B eleven point six or C ten point one? So you have 12.3, 11.6, and 10.1 for Michael Thomas. Generally, I go, oh, see, like in my head, right, Michael Thomas, everyone rips on him for being a guy who just goes like five minutes up the field and turns around. That's me. That's, I'm the guy that rips on him. For that. <laughs> um, but 10.1 seems low. Um, I know, like, A.B. in his prime was getting up to, like, 15. So 10 just seems too low. 12 seems too high. I'm going 11.6. You're right. There's one for one. <sighs> oh, let's go. <laughs> 11.6, Michael Thomas averaged in 2019. And now we're going to go over to DeAndre Hopkins in 2019. Uh, did he average A, 11.2, B, 13.8, or C, 9.7? So, oh, I'm rolling out 9.7 right now. Okay. Get so, that out of here. I'll, I'll Get cross that out of here. I'll cross that out for you. Um, All right, so what do we have left? Yeah, 11.2 or 13.8. Oh, man, 13.8 is high. 
Oh man, I'm, this is tough. Yep. Thirteen point eight just seems high, but like I'm thinking of like all of his catches, like. This is the you know, oh my god, my my gut was eleven point two. I'm going with eleven point two. Two for two. Let's go, people. Always go with the gut. <laughs> it's because the Bruce Buffer. That's why. Yeah, is that is that hyped you up enough? It's hyping me up. You didn't get? Did you get your uh, normal uh, Starbucks? Uh, what is it? Double shot? You usually drink before the double episodes? shot nitro cold brew. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm actually kind of tired today, guys. Kind of tired today, so I'm, I'm running on fumes here. I'm actually gonna probably take a nap. I can hear it in the voice. You do seem a bit tired. Um, well, now you know we're in college, so this the uh, back to the grind. The tough eight a.m. lab quiz today right. just wasn't preferred. Think yeah. I did well though, guys. Think I did well. There you go. It's uh, like trivia. Third now, um, Antonio Brown. This is going to be his twenty eighteen stat, and I don't think we have to explain why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it a eleven point eight? B, 10.7, or C, 12.5? So 11.8, 10.7, or 12.5 for A, B. See, I feel like his 2018 season wasn't as productive because he was with um, Juju. So I'm going to go with, what was it, 11.8? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm locking that in. You're going to lock in 11.8? Yeah, well, I'm going to lock in your two for three. Uh, he was tw- <laughs> he, he averaged 12.5 yards that season. Uh, so well, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. AB. That hurts a little bit, but it's okay. Pretty good 2018 season. Isn't that kind of funny? You uh, nail Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, who don't even play in this city, and then we get to our hometown receiver, and we just absolutely <laughs> piss it. I know. It's just because I'm a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins, right? So obviously, I. <laughs> I just I have like an inept ability to just like know because it's it's DeAndre Hopkins. He's just he's my man, right? Yeah, that's your guy. Um, I understand. I got plus you. like the option of the one that was like what nine points. So I'm not gonna rule that out of me. It's I had a higher chance of getting DeAndre Hopkins. And then Michael Thomas, um, I criticize him a lot, so I like to I always I feel like I check his stats semi regularly, and it's just like I feel like when I hear you say it, it kind of clicks, and I have a gut instinct. Yeah. So. Um, plus, you know, I use my knowledge. Like, like for example, you said Tyree kills our next guy. Like, I know for a fact. I mean, depending on what your options are, it's gonna be it's gonna be a higher rank because he's a deep ball target. So, I mean, it's not all guess, people. It's not all guess. All right, and unfortunately, you're kind of right. Here's the options for Tyree kill. Hey, twelve point nine yards. And that will be the lowest option because B is 17 even and C is 15.6. So is it A, 12.9, B, 17, or C, 15.6? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go 17. You're right. You went three for four. 75% on trivia today. You're above 500, and you stay above 500 all time. I think you're up to – That's what we like to hear, people. That's what we like to hear. Hey, man, I I have to give it to you. You did a good job on that one. And you should have seen my face as I'm sitting here, right? And you're like, well, you know, Tyreek Hill, you said he's up next. So I'm thinking, 
higher numbers on him. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, dude, the <laughs> lowest number I have written down is 12.9. I was like, oh my, this is not going to be good. But yeah, that's Tim, guys. That's just what he does. Hey, uh, well, you know, it's kind of my strength. It's yeah, kind of my strength. That was another episode of Tim's trivia, and you'll get that again next Wednesday. So make sure you come back for that one. Right? Hopefully, uh, get get. Four for four on one of these coming up. Yeah, we'll see. I think I've only gotten four for four like once. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I know you got it once, and I don't think you've gotten it any, any other time. Yeah, well, I'm just a consistent three for four, two for four type of guy. Hey, as long as it's over 500. It's like Miguel Cabrera out here. As long as it's over 500 and you can consistently do it, that's all yeah, that matters. Well. That is all that matters. But that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, if you're just listening to this end of the episode segment here, make sure you go back. Uh, we had some good had some good stories today. Um, you know, we even had a Bruce Buffer clip in there, people. Come yeah. on. Go back. It's terrible audio of Bruce Buffer, but if you want to try to guess what he's saying, um, <laughs> We're gonna get you a clip though. We'll, we'll get a we'll get a really good lead in for the uh, for the Timish trivia, but uh, other than that, we got nothing, and uh, we're gonna be back on Friday. And Friday should be an in person one, right? Yeah, I believe so. All right, awesome. So we will have Tim back in studio on Friday. That will be September fourth. Um, Friday, September fourth. Uh, make sure you come back. Hey, during that date, you know, got a lot of homework to do on Fridays. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> but hey, we'll brighten up our day with a little Friday episode. Right. So make sure you're back for that. Uh, that was the issue.